It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Yins already know that. Anything else, you can get at us on Twitter. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. That's where you get involved with the show. About a half an hour from now, our compadre Carter Critiques, Mr. Chris Carter himself, will join us. Arthur Motes, it's a Monday. The sun is shining. The draft is over. How we feeling? Uh, I feel great, man. Um, obviously, we know how much work goes into the lead up to the draft in terms of all the players that we have to be aware of, Ooh. watch film on, a lot of names, have opinions on. I mean, so without a doubt, I mean, for me, man, I'm looking at it like, oh, breath of fresh air. Now we only have to worry about our guys. It's kind of so like cramming me, for that, that test, you know, in college. Actually, I'm not a crammer, so I are you I not a crammer? Don't. No, I hate cramming. Oh, I actually, totally, man, I was totally a crammer. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'd be like, all right, listen, me and my daughter, we've had some heart to hearts because, like, I just don't understand that concept. I'm like, why wait? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why try to cram in two weeks worth of information into one night and then expect to remember it? I, yeah, that's not my concept, man. I, I or you know, people say. I work well when I when I wait to the last minute sure. and then oh, yeah. I, up against the deadline. Like, nah, bro, pressure. not me, not me. I, I have zero interest now. in that, man. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's the I, duality, you, though. You like it, though. You like how you know, though, that I'm I'm always I'm always honest and transparent yes, yes, here, right? Yes, yes. So I am a crammer, <laughs> but I know that it's dumb that I'm oh, a crammer. Man. Like you, uh, looking back on how my do you high feel school and college days, man. Like yo, <laughs> we gain all the information we need in about three hours. And then we remember it for about 12 hours. That's what to say. What's the retention like on that, gone man? forever. Until until finals. Then you got to redo mm. it again, but to like a larger extent. Right. With Ooh. like three days of no sleep. And you'd be like, oh, my head hurts. Trying to find somebody in the library who <laughs> has all the notes on? from the classes that you skipped. Not yeah. that I'm speaking from personal I'm just like, oh, right. Lord. Uh-uh. I don't want no parts of that. Oh, man. I skipped this whole week of class. What do we talk about this week? Mm-hmm. Right, is there anybody here in the library who's in my class? Motsi, we did a lot of cramming for the draft over the last three months. Mm-hmm. It is now over. It's kind of like Christmas in that way. You spe- the build up, the anticipation. You spend so much time talking about it and thinking about it and preparing yeah. for it, and then it's just over. What's your biggest takeaway from the Steelers? Before we get into some specifics here, and obviously we talked about Kenny Pickett in the first round on Friday, and we'll go on down that list and give our thoughts on everybody else here. But now that it's all over, now that we've had 24 hours or so to digest, 36 hours or so to digest, What's your uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the seven newest Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, to me, man, I thought that they touched on the positions that needed to be touched on. I think that they got really good quality players, guys that can help you this year with also filling in some depth. And then I also like the storylines as well, man. You know, we became the first team with four sets of brothers on the roster. That's Shout right. out to my man That's Connor right. Hayward as well for that, man. So, you know, I, like I said, I liked all of those aspects and elements of it. I thought as a whole it was a really good draft. Um are we going to have spots where we're a little bit more excited than others? Without a doubt. But I don't think there was one or I don't think there was a pick that I looked at and was like, I hate this pick or, you know, I just don't agree with this. I don't love all the picks, but I still liked all of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. You might not want to put a ring on them just yet, but you're you're willing to uh, go on 17 dates this mm-hmm. fall on Sundays. Absolutely. And sometimes man. Thursdays, yeah. and maybe a Monday. Yeah, I'm down for that, man, without a doubt. Biggest takeaway for me. You ready for this? What's up? You want to dive right in? Let's get it. Offense better take a step forward this season. Mm-hmm. Last year, Arthur Motes, 2021 NFL draft, the Steelers spent their first four draft picks 
on offensive players, mm-hmm. players on that side of the foot, you know, the dark side of the football to you. The, the side that I love. Uh-huh. This year, three of the first four draft picks on the offensive side of the football. So over the last two drafts, right, mm-hmm. the Steelers in the first four rounds, eight picks, right, yep. four and four in each, seven of those eight picks have gone on the offensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. I also look at how they operated in free agency. And, yes, I know they brought in Miles Jack. They brought in Levi Wallace. You know, they signed Akella Witherspoon to an extension. Brought back Terrell Edmonds. But they also signed two new offensive linemen. They also signed a quarterback, which was their very first move as soon as free agency opened. That Mitch Trubisky signing was announced, which, if we're not pretending to be naive, we know that that's something that they had had already worked on and something that was part of the plan and part of the process. So when I look at what they've done on the offensive side of the football, in free agency and in, in the draft um, over the last year or two, I, I, I'm i sat here thinking that side of the ball really needs to take a step forward. Now, I'm also not naive enough to know that there's a caveat in here. And that caveat is, one, you're going to have a new quarterback. Right. I mean, it, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Mr. Bishop, whoever, you're going to have a new quarterback. And two... We really think that you're you're going to have a new offense for all intents and purposes as well because last season wasn't really Matt Canada's offense. Correct. So with those caveats that I just laid out and knowing that being realistic, those are probably going to take some time, but also up against the backdrop of what I just explained and the, the money and the capital that's been invested in the offense over the last two years, is that a fair expectation that the offense better take a step forward this season? Not week one in September, but but at some point this season. Um, I mean, I would hope so. You know, I don't like to say better because then it's kind of like, well, what if they don't? Are we just going to be looking at them the same way we looked at them last year? They might have their first losing season since Nong. No, no, no. I get that. But a year ago, we said that the running game had to be better than it was the year prior to that. And it was not. And it was not. That was with them drafting the first round running back. That was with them bringing in Trey Turner through free agency and all these other moves. So that's the only reason why for me, I don't look at it in the sense of like, oh, this has to be the case because you're still going to be relying on rookies, whether you're talking about Kenny Pickett you know, he has upside, but he's still a rookie. And we know rookies still struggle in this league regardless of how talented or not talented they may be coming out. Um, like George Pickens a lot, but at the end of the day, we know that his role is still going to be predicated on the quarterback situation and Matt Canada as a whole. So I still feel like there's still similarities that could hold this team back very similar to last year where we were saying similar things of, is it Matt Canada? Is it Big Ben? Is it Matt Canada? Is it Ben? So even though I do like the additions that they've made, I just don't want to go all into that stage just yet. Because we said with Kenny, right, he could be one of those guys that even though we think that he's the most pro-ready, just because you're pro-ready doesn't mean that you're ready week one. It still could take time for him to develop. And who knows, maybe it's later in the year or even next year when he's finally able to feel comfortable and take that next step to be the quarterback that we think he can be. But in contrast, that wouldn't, necessarily be this year of them being successful this year them turning a corner I look at it more so in the sense of competent because last year there were times where the offense did not look competent we would talk about how it would be three quarters of bad ball and about five minutes of really good right right that's what I don't want us to see I want us to at least be more consistent and more competent I think that is the expectation that I'm going in with you know just based on the moves that we made because like I said when you're dealing with rookies it's a coin flip. I mean, we think about the optimism that we all had on Kendrick Green. Remember what they were saying. He cannot be any worse than Marquise Pouncey. At least he can snap the ball. Remember, that was the running joke. He can at least snap the ball. And it was like, well, you realize Pouncey probably only had a handful of snaps that were over 
you know, Ben's head or that were detrimental to the offense. Other than that, he was fine. But that became the narrative. Mm-hmm. And when we bring in Kendrick Green, we set these unrealistic expectations for him. And we saw how that turned out this year. So, once again, I'm just trying to, you know, not repeat said process because yep. we had similar question marks about Kendrick, right? Man, we think he's good, but we don't know if he's ready to start at the NFL level. We think that he has the potential, he has upside, but we don't know because this, this, and this. Well, can't we say similar things about the offense players that we drafted? We like the upside. We like certain things about them. But at the same time, it's things where we're like, yeah, this could be a little bit of an issue right here. Uh, actually, you know, I think this would be okay right here. So, once again, that's the only thing for me where I'm just kind of a little bit hesitant to, to fully jump on that cliff right there. And that's why I, I gave those caveats yeah. as well. Because there is, like I said, I'm not expecting the offense to come out week one, to come out yeah. week three, and and be humming and be a top 12 unit in the league. Right. But there, there needs to be, I think, noticeable improvement throughout the season. Because that was something we said last year as well too right Mm -hmm. you and i particularly you ever since training camp i mean i'm i'll give you full credit full marks on this professor Uh all right you practiced what you preached i tried to i don't know if that's the correct analogy but i'm gonna roll with it you said all along like four rookies starting on offense a ben roethlisberger who is not in his 20s anymore who's Mm -hmm. a lot closer to 40 than he is to 30 it, 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 it's a new offensive coordinator in Matt yes. Canada, uh, a, a very inexperienced offensive line with four new starters out of five people. Mm-hmm. You were talking about since training camp, defense is going to have to lead the way early. You're going to have to get some help on special teams. The offense can't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. you got to at least be able to run the football and extend drives a little bit and rest your defense and you know figure it out along the way, and then hopefully by week seven, eight, nine, it starts now to get rolling. better. Yeah. You talked about that since July of last season. And there were moments where we thought it was starting to get better, but now that you have the benefit of hindsight and the full snapshot of the season, it never really did. Yes, correct. That is what I don't think can happen this year. Because as you alluded to, Ben Roethlisberger had just enough magic left. Right. And, and it, it was game winning drives. And, I think that's the new stat, right? And TJ and Cam and Minka could do just enough on the other side of the football. Oh, man. That, that they were able to, to pull some games out of their hat out of their backside. That's a nice way to put it, I would think. <laughs> I I don't think you're going to have that luxury this season. That's why that's why I because I I mean I know for a fact that you're not going to have a future Hall of Fame. Well, I shouldn't say that because hey, you never know. You Kenny Pickett or yeah, Mr. You never could know, be a future Hall of Famer. You never know. But you're not lining up with a guy that you already know is a future Hall of Famer under center like you have been for the last decade for the most part. Yeah. So if there's still that inconsistency in the offense, I don't think there's going to be enough magic to win them games at the end. And that's why I think that's the thing that can't happen. So that's the the better way for me to state it, is that, again, I'm not expecting them to come out in September and, and, and be hitting on all cylinders. But by the time we get close to Halloween, by the time November and December and holiday mm-hmm. season rolls around, if that offense isn't improving, if they're not able to run the football still or struggle to run the football still, um, it, it, it could be the, the type of season that we don't want to have. No, without a doubt. But I do anticipate the running game being more consistent. I do think that with the upgraded personnel that we brought in through free agency, that's going to help Najee out in a major way. I think that I last year, between the injuries and the transition, because remember, last year we weren't – I mean, we knew that we were going to be making adjustments to the offensive line, but I think it kind of caught us all by surprise at the timing 
in which that they made the moves that they made, whether it was not bringing back Al, whether it was Pouncey when he retired, the cash show with the surprise release at the end. It was just, it never really seemed like it was going on their schedule. It was more so them having to react to everything. So with that, I do think that this go around, because they had time to address the O-line through free agency mm-hmm. by bringing in some high talent, I mean, just yeah, more yeah. talented, more qualified guys than the group that we went with last year, and they're younger and healthier on top of that, I just think that that is going to help them out a lot more. And if that running game is consistent and keeps them on schedule, not in the sense of how it was last year where Najee's having all the touches, Najee's yard per carry, I mean, isn't that great, but the overall impact and productivity is great because you're seeing that, hey, this right. is more over usage than you know, just crazy yards per carry and pop like we're winning. Right, right. So it's like, man, to avoid that, I do think we took the right steps. And I do think that that will keep this offense on schedule, which in turn helps out Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mr. Biscuit, whoever, you know, ends up being the week one starter because Coach Tomlin did say that it's going to be a competition. Yes. And, you know, if Kenny is prepared for that and he's ready to be the guy week one, then he has that chance. So, that's nothing that's new to us. That's similar things that we said um, coming in right after the draft, right after the first round, you mm-hmm. know? So I do think that everything else is still pretty much, you know, status quo right now. Ooh, a little status of quo. A little status of quos. All right, so something that we did, because you mentioned Friday how, I mean, our, our show on Friday was, it was the Kenny Pickett hour, hours mm-hmm. here on SNR. Obviously, that's how it is. Every year, right after Thursday night, it's the Friday is is first round draft pick reaction day, baby. Well, they, you know they're special, so they get a little extra attention. They do. They get a little extra attention. They do. That's okay. I've got personally in my heart, I like six rounders the most. Can't, hey, now can't, you're can't talking say, to can't me. Can't say any 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 you know specific reason why, but that's just always been the sweet spot for me. Well, I was gonna say if you said any other rounder than six, man, we was gonna have issues. <laughs> uh, on Friday, when we started the show. I teased for you, Arthur Motes, that I had a funny Mike Tomlin story. Yes, this is correct. And you never told me. And then it. I never told the funny Mike Tomlin story. I mean, you Mike told Tomlin me, but story. you ain't tell them. I told you yeah, off air, but I didn't tell the people That's selfish. on the show. The so, people deserve to hear the story, dig it. Real quick here, right, before we dive into these uh, these other draft picks here and start to give some thoughts and, and some reactions uh, with the Steelers' second through seventh round picks, my story from Friday night. Mm-hmm, Sorry, mm-hmm. Thursday night. Yes. So it's the end of the first round of the draft, okay? And at this point, it's midnight, 12, 15. I think it's a little bit after midnight on Thursday night. Pretty much everyone's gone out of the Steelers facility. We broadcast it until midnight on SNR. And so, you know, I'm getting ready to leave. It's 10, 15 minutes after we shut down our broadcast. You know, I have... I always make sure to clean up our area. You know, we don't have any water bottles or napkins laying around. I like to just tidy things up and right. put a couple things away, that type of thing. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a little after midnight. I'm getting ready to leave the area, and there's not many people. Like, pretty much everyone's gone by this point. Well, Mark Kabali's still there, right, of the Kaboom. Athletic. Mr. Kaboom Kaboom himself, yes. Uh, and Kabali's just standing out in the hallway where we are, where our SNR broadcast is, right by the, the media room at the Steelers facility. And he's just, like he always does, he's kind of ribbing me, all right? It happens a lot for you, yeah, man. Yeah, Kabali, well, to be fair, Kabali, he he likes to rib, rib on the younger guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like he does the same thing to Crowley, nah. you know, and some, and some of these other guys that are that are around that are, that are younger. It's a rite of passage, right absolutely. Passage. And it's always been fun. You know, he's been that way with me. I've known him for four years now. He just, he just likes to give me a hard time, and it's all in good fun. So he's doing that as I'm kind of cleaning up our SNR mm-hmm. table, right? I'm like tucking cords in and that, turning, make sure everything's turned off for the next day for overnight. 
Kabali's giving me grief out in the hallway, and he's like, your hair is really poofy today. Were you messing with your hair too much? Why is your hair so poofy today? Hey, Wes, you probably had the same haircut for the last 10 years, haven't you? Mm-mm. Hey, Wes, you're going to have that same hair for the next 30 years, aren't you? You're going to be the next Richie Walsh, Wes. I mean, your hair is just <sighs> not going to change for 30 years. You're going to have the same hair every time they see you. Like, you know, he's just, he's just. He he's, threw the Richie Walsh on you? He, he did, he did. He, 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 he does have beautiful hair, by hey, the way. Hey, I'll take it. He does I'll have beautiful it. hair, man. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm at that point when I'm, when I'm Richie's age, I will, that's a compliment yes. if you're telling yes. me. Um. So, you know, Kabali's just in the hallway, just giving me grief. I'm chuckling. He's chuckling. He's, you know, he's just giving me grief about my hair or whatever. Mike Tomlin walks out from, from the back room, from the Steelers side of, of things upstairs, right? Through the glass doors, Arthur Motes, where the media ain't allowed. Mm-mm-mm. Coach T walks out. He's got his briefcase and everything. He's leaving for the night as well, too. He's heading home, you know, maybe get a couple hours of sleep before they come back and do it all again on Friday. And Coach T hears kaboom, kaboom, mm-hmm, giving mm-hmm. me grief about my hair, right? Yeah, huh. And so he's walking past us, and he's kind of chuckling. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, like snickering to himself, right? Like, uh, these guys being goofy. I say to Mark Kabali as he's ripping on me about my hair, I go, I go, hey, kaboom, I'm 31 and I still got hair. I'm not gonna complain what it looks like. <laughs> Coach Tomlin stops. He looks at me and he goes, "You're 31," and I said. Yes, sir. And he said, and you still got all that hair. You're winning. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I yeah. would agree. I definitely would agree, man. Yeah. I definitely would agree. And he and and, and he laughed and he and he walked off and left me and Kabali to it. So that was my funny Mike Tomlin story from Thursday night. He said, You're 31 and you still got all that hair? Don't listen to him. You're winning. And I said, you darn right, coach. Hey, you better believe it. I mean, dude, it's a lot of people that start, they, their hairline start receding, they start fading, they start getting that, see, that little, like, peninsula, or it sometimes becomes an island. You now, know? see, I don't like to, to bring those things up or make fun of those people because, you know, that could be me one day, Arthur Motes. Yeah, but know. just not, I said, in 30, at 30, well, some people true. start doing that. It's you're true. already past 30. You're 31. I'm 31. It's a compliment, man. Ain't no need to be nervous now. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, you think never, about this. In it life, goes, it can all it, go south. You never well, no, know. No, in life, we all are going to age. Well, that's ain't that the truth. I'm just simply saying, a lot of people, by the time they are 30 years old, have already started to experience that. So if yours is delayed, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Ain't no need to be scared. Because we're all about gonna it. get old one day, right? I mean, uh, either you, either you get old or you die young. Which one you want it to be? <laughs> I prefer getting old. Yeah, I don't want to die young. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're already too old to die young. That's I mean. a, all right. It's all about perspective, man. <laughs> All right, Arthur Motes, let's break it all down here. Yes. We'll get back into the draft. Second round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia, uber talented, has had some injury issues, hasn't been, you know, was it ACL last year, correct? In March. In March. Came back in eight months. And came back and in put eight together months, a heck played of a the season. last four games mm-hmm. of the season for Georgia, mm-hmm. including the playoffs, including the and national absolutely. championship. Um, guy with... A lot of upside, a lot of athleticism, a lot of raw talent. What were your thoughts on the selection of George Pickens? Pickett at 20, Pickens at 52. Uh, Number one, man, I love the pick. I think that, you know, his upside is... I mean, this is beautiful. You talk about a guy with big speed, 6'3", 4'4", 740-yard dash. Not only is he a downfield route runner, downfield jump ball guy, but he also is a physical 
person in the run game. I mean, you watch him on some of his t- uh, on some of his film, and when he's going to block guys, he is trying to run them through oh, yeah. the goalposts. He's trying to take them to the water cooler. He's doing all he's of these. He's got a couple scraps. Absolutely, out there too. absolutely. So to me, man, I, I love that about him. Um, I think that also when you talk about a guy like Pickens, he gives you yak. Also, you know, he, he's not one of those guys. He's going to catch the ball and fall down. He's trying to get it and make something happen with it, man. Um, I think that he also has the potential to be a true wide receiver one. Um, when you talk about his performance last season coming off of the ACL, he still was sensational at times, especially down the stretch and obviously in the postseason, college playoff time where it was got to have in moments. He really stepped up even more so. So I was definitely impressed by that. But as a whole, man, I just think that he – helps us in a major way in that wide receiver room. I think that he's not only going to push Deontay and Claypool for playing time this season, but I also feel that it gives this still is a little bit more uh, leverage in terms of the contract negotiations with Deontay because I do think that George is a very, very uh, productive player and a guy that is more than capable of taking on a bigger role the healthier that he gets the further it is away from that ACL. He, you've got to be excited about the potential upside mm-hmm. there, certainly. I, I know anyone who's on social media has seen the highlights over the last few days. The big plays, the physicality, the nastiness. I think we, we all certainly here in Pittsburgh love that in our mm-hmm. wide receivers. So i got to ask, though, Arthur Motes. Yes. Because, you know, it's funny. You and I, we, we, we like to be honest with these things. I, I was thinking... Today, as I'm driving, you know, I always do this. I get real pensive when I'm driving in here. That's why I start to, you know, start to outline the show in my mind. Okay, okay, okay. I think a lot of the reaction around the excitement, maybe I should say, Mm -hmm. about the George Pickens selection, and I'm there too. But it kind of, to me, I was thinking back, and it it mirrored a lot, I feel like, two years ago at this time, the similar things we were saying about Chase Claypool and the excitement we had for that selection. Mm, I personally don't agree, but go ahead. I, I follow you. A lot of people when, with the Claypool pick thought, okay, that's a steal. You know, the wide receiver class is really deep. He could mm-hmm. be a number one one day. There's also a reason why these guys are selected in the second round mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, in the first round, not one of the first three, four, five wide receivers off the board. Why then was George Pickens available at 52? Was it just because of the injury? No, it's two things. Uh, he's coming off the ACL injury, like we just stated. And then also, I mean, for some people, you're going to like the extra that he does. And for hmm. others, you're going to be turned off by it. I think that for me, when I think of the extra talking about where you see the clip of him and the individual, I think it was from Georgia Tech, they're going back and going, forth. He slings him into it. the yep. end zone. You got the one where he's he like. ragged all that yeah. guy. Then you got the one where he's like squirting the water bottle on one of the, yeah. uh, one of the player, uh, uh, players. Yeah. Yeah. You see some of the, you know, signs in the crowd out that he makes his plays. I mean, it can be very Claypool-ish if you're not careful. But at the same time, I think that his productivity is consistent enough that we don't necessarily hate it if he's playing like that. But I think those are the largest, uh, the most pressing reasons why he dropped in the draft. Whereas when I looked at Claypool, we weren't looking at Claypool and the highlights that we were seeing were him going downfield and and mossing guys and running out the catch. The first clips that we saw of Claypool was what? Him blocking. Him blocking. (laughs) That's why for me, I thought it was just very different. I thought that he came on and, and really started to impress us the more the season went. And I think that was when, especially that rookie year when he was scoring the touchdowns and the way that he was, that really got him talked about even more so. But I thought that the initial thought process with Claypool was this dude is a great blocker, physical, can run, but at the same time, we don't necessarily know what he could develop into. Whereas with Pickens, it's clear this dude is a big-time receiver. He just was hurt. 
He got hurt in March. Right. Missed a good portion of the season, but oh, when he came back, you games, can see yeah. what it looked like. And that's why I think it's just very different between the two scenarios. Like, Pickens, when you watch him, he just looks more polished. He looks more confident in his hands, something that we talk about with Claypool struggling with at times, the consistency catching the ball, Mm -hmm. especially 50-50 balls, which is why he struggles because he's not a, a natural hands catcher, whereas I think Pickens, that is more of a natural thing for him. That's well said. I concur. Steeler Nation 920 tweets us and says, Pickens is as if Heinz Ward and Martavis Bryant had a baby. I would agree. And and honestly, I I like that comparison right there because, number one, you do have the freaky size. And then you have that speed, that 4-4-7. I I think a lot of people view him as one of these small guys, Like, not at all. This is a a, a good-sized guy. Absolutely. I mean, think – like, I don't want to put him in the A.J. Green category, but he's more of that's, that. That's who Matt Williamson was, yeah. our buddy Matt Williamson was comparing him to. Yeah, he, he definitely reminds me more of the A.J. Green type in terms of, like, that just big speed, jumping ability, mm-hmm. confident hands catch guy. I think that he is that, but I think that he can also just give you a little bit more with the route running as well. That's why I'm really excited about him, and the fact that you're getting him in the second, I think, is just great value with that. But I do feel like the biggest reason why he failed was because the ACL. You know, it, I mean, it's if he plays a whole season, yeah. and wins a national. I mean, he did win a national right. championship, but all, plays a whole season on a national championship winning team, correct? And it's puts different. up those kind of numbers in the SEC because that's the difference between Jamison Williams. Because I know people are saying, "Well, Jamison, he's he has a torn ACL right now, but he tore his at the end of the season, so we got to see a full body of work." So even though you might be a little bit skeptical of, well, when is he coming back? You at least saw all that he did last season. Whereas for George, all his Big-time productivity came from his freshman and sophomore year, whereas we know, right. you know, this year what it looked like because of how long he was out. But when he came back, you could still see him tapping right back into, into that, that potential that we like about him. We're going to talk all things draft with our buddy Chris Carter right around the corner. You know we want your tweets. we got a few rolling in. Keep them coming. We'll get to some reaction in the final segment. We'll talk about the last of these draft picks. we got to give Kevin Colbert some love today, too. So plenty to get to. Don't you dare go anywhere. Carter, on the other side, I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.